Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. All right, gentlemen, let's get into it. Let's talk about what type of improvement should Auburn fans expect under Coach Hugh Freeze. Auburn finished the season six and seven, so obviously we know that there is room for improvement based on what we observe. Let's take a look at what current head coaches have done in year two so far in the SEC. Let's take a look at that. So you see the graphic here. Brian Kelly in year one did well. Took LSU to the SEC championship. Uh, in year two, followed it up with another 10-win season. Obviously, they didn't make it to the SEC championship, so they didn't play as many games, but still a 10-win season nonetheless. So pretty consistent so far under Brian Kelly at LSU. Kirby Smart went eight and five. Year two, I believe that was the SEC championship year that they beat Auburn, unfortunately, and went to the college football playoff that year. Uh, so a huge year two under Kirby Smart. Shane Beamer went from seven six to eight and five. Sam Pittman went three and seven and then nine and four. A bit of fool's goal after that because right. Arkansas. <laughs> Came back to earth. <laughs> Came back down to earth after that season. But nevertheless, he did improve in year two from a record standpoint. Josh Heupel went seven and six in year one. 11 and two had that great year. Injuries uh, pretty much stalled out their season. Uh, they were expected to be a, a, a playoff contender at one point, but a big year two. Kind of fell back a little bit. I think they won, what, nine games, nine, ten games this year? or something like Nine that, games, yeah. something like that. So still a decent year three under Josh Heupel, but we see a four-game improvement for Josh Heupel. This is an interesting one here. Billy Napier, six and seven, five and seven here. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he is on the hot seat. His seat I is I want to camp warm. out there just because Florida beat us so bad yesterday, but I ain't going to do it. Don't, we're not going to be petty. We're not going to be petty. <laughs> hey, there's plenty of time to be petty towards Florida. Uh, 
Some of the newcomers to the SEC, Steve Sarkeesian, five and seven, had a three-game improvement in year two. We know what they did in year three with a college football playoff, um, making the college football playoff last year. Brent Venables, who really, it was interesting seeing Oklahoma, who has been a, a competitor for the college football playoff in year one, take a serious slide uh, under Brent Venables, obviously they had issues. QB injured, uh, defense starting to round up and improve. Lost a lot of games, but bounced back in year two and won four games. Four game improvement for Brent Venables. Lane Kiffin had a six game improvement here. Mark Stoops improved from two and ten to five and seven. Eli, Eli Drinkwitz improved one game. Clark Lee had a three game improvement at Vandy. What will Hugh Freeze do in year two, gentlemen? And my question to you specifically, and I'll start with you, Ike, is from a record standpoint, we'll get into some of the specifics here, but from a record standpoint, what is the minimum amount of improvement that would be deemed acceptable by Auburn's fan base in year two coming off of a six and seven season in year one? I mean, I think that most people are are hoping for an eight-win season next year. I think eight wins is about where most people want to see Auburn be. I specifically think eight wins is where you need to be because I feel like Auburn could have won eight wins, gotten eight wins in his first year. Um, so I don't see any reason why with, even though I don't know that this roster is drastically improved, but there is a lot of talent on this roster with talent being a thing that's available to you now. Uh, Auburn needs to be able to come out here and put that talent on display and get yourself to eight wins. It's not going to be an easy task. I don't think eight wins is a guaranteed thing. I just think eight wins is around where you need to be to make yourself comfortable. All right. So eight wins, Ike, basically, it keeps Hugh Freeze's seat from warming up. If he goes, let's, uh, say, I mean, let's I think, say if he goes seven and five. I think he could go seven and five this season and not be on a hot seat because of how good the recruiting is going. Um, and I think that that will have a lot to do with how well the offense performs. If your defense takes a step back, but your offense steps up, I think you'll be fine with seven wins. Okay. Um, I think the only thing that gets you in hot seat territory is if you are six or below in your win column, right? Where it's like, all right, great on this recruiting, bro, but what's, what's up with these dubs? Uh, especially like who the wins or the losses could be against, right? Like you can't just lose winnable games or matchups um and if you only win six games you probably dropped a game that you probably should not have this season right okay so seven i mean seven games is improvement right yeah it's i mean one it's a one game improvement, improvement. it's a one game improvement and it, i it think keeps I, I, and, I, and i say seven regular season wins right like i don't sure. i don't include the bowl game in that like sure. if you go to a bowl game right. and you get to seven that way i don't think that that's going to be um i think that that still puts you in a in a danger category i don't i won't say hot seat but you're still in a you won hey, six bro. regular season games. You matched last season's time. Correct. Yeah. Correct. No, you, you've got to get to seven in the regular season. Yeah. Okay. B-Will, uh, for you, what do you think the fan base will be clamoring for versus w what do you see as actual improvement for this team that's realistic? Improved quarterback play. Because that was the thing that I think may have let us down. So you and, don't, and you don't put us. it on a... Uh, uh, a number of wins that you think is just about how well the offense performs? Yes and no. So we know the defense had its issues with depth, 
But we also know that the offense was terrible early in the season to the point where, yeah, you gave the defense a chance, but your offense looked bad. Like it, it was almost as if this offense was a meter that you had to dial down. So hopefully we stayed in the game and had a chance to win it because your defense couldn't go through too much pressure. And that that meter right there, that play safe here so we can protect you there. If your offense isn't a liability that you need to tune every game, then you, I think you stand a better chance of winning games. And I think the fan base can accept some losses if you see, well, you know what? We gave them hell or we had uh, a last drive where we needed to tie the game. We went down and got points and did it, but we lost in overtime. Or, you know, we didn't get blown out at LSU. We didn't get uh, get it handed to us. Well, there's a lot of places in next season where we can get it handed to us. But we we had a fighting chance here. And it wasn't just, well, it was a one-score game against Ole Miss. It was a one-score game against Georgia. It was a one-score game against Bama. Bama was a winnable game. The other two, did you really feel like we were about to put up the points to win that game? No. And to me, that was the indictment on the offense and on the offensive coaching last season was that, can you do something for us? Can, can you drive the ship? Can you control the game? The offense very rarely controlled the game last year. I think if you control the game from the offensive side, then the, the team is starting to feel like, well, at least you know what you're doing over here. At least we see some path to improvement and you've got something to build on. Like last season was, it, it kind of grated on your nerves, but also your hopes. Like, is this the best y'all can do? I think offensive output will be what determines how the, the season is received. Wins and losses, I'm with you, Ike. I think eight is perfect. Seven is like, all right. But if if it's six wins, that's where I think the offensive side, the offensive output is going to play the biggest part in how that's received next year. You don't put a number on it for wins and losses at all? Yes. A point that Mike has made is that, well, yeah, this— Six and six next year would actually be an accomplishment. And six and six this year was, it was an underachieve. We underachieved because the schedule was so easy. I, I don't like to say, well, you got this that year. Why don't you get that this year? We're playing different people. We're playing them in different places. Teams could be better, significantly better. Maybe some could be worse. We got a lot of cupcakes on our schedule. Uh, we had a couple, Arkansas and Mississippi State, that were gimmies. We don't have those gimmies on the schedule this year. So how do we go out and perform against the schedule that we have? Just line them up. Who are you going to play? How equipped are you to play well against those teams? I can't put us up against Georgia and say, hey, you should be able to win this game. No, I shouldn't. So how many teams yeah, are okay. outclassing right, So let's, let's look at that, though. How many, how many viably, based upon, like, just let's look at roster for roster. We don't know what the totality of those rosters are going to be. Right. But roster for right. roster, how many games do you think Auburn should win just if we lined it up right now with what we know, hey, Auburn should be able to get this game no matter what, right? Now, last year, we would have said New Mexico State was one of those games, and we didn't get that. Yeah. But I'm going to put New Mexico in that category. And then was Alabama A&M initially that we play? Um, so just whichever sure. one that is, we should be able to get that win, right? Right. Um I mean, how many? How, how many gimme games do I you think seven. that there are on the schedule? Three? Th- there are seven gimmies. There are seven winnable games on our schedule. So if you lose, if you if you don't win at least seven, does that not put you in danger close category? How do we lose them, though? And that, that's does it why matter I go back if there are seven games them? that you're supposed to win? Yeah, I think it matters. <laughs> I, don't, I say this. We lost in New Mexico. So how State. many of those seven games can you lose regardless of how you lose them and it not feel bad? Oh, one, one. One. So you need at least six wins. 
I think you need at least six where you look formidable. And okay. I know it sounds like, well, how could you be formidable if you look like you know what you're doing on offense? If the defense takes a step back, with how much we turned over that staff, is everybody going to be really up in arms about that? With what you've lost in the defensive backfield, is everybody going to be really upset about that? I think there's much more leeway on defense, which is why I'd rather we've gone through a very tough offensive three, four years, to be to be honest with you. Everybody's ready to see that turnaround. The fan base is ready to see that turnaround. Because of what it would mean to be bad on offense next year, which means an offensive head coach who makes his money coaching offense and makes his money making quarterbacks look good, had a year one where it's probably his worst offensive coaching as a head coach. I don't know since when. I don't know what his early Ole Miss days look like. You can't be bad at what you do best and continue to get the benefit of the doubt from the fan base. That's what. That's why we were so frustrated with Gus. This is what you do. Yeah. This is what you know. Why are you bad at this? Like, if the if the defense is bad, we'll go, oh, man, the defense is bad. 2014, the defense was bad. It's the reason we weren't better. We didn't win two or three more games. And everybody was like, oh, man, you know, you do what you got to do. He fired Ellis Johnson. We got somebody else in there. And it made a, a significant difference. I just don't think you can be bad at offense when you are an offensive coach and keep the goodwill of the fan base. That's why I think even if we drop some games, if the defense takes a step back or two and we lose two games that we could have won, but we gave up too many points, if we are slinging the ball, scoring points, we see this young talent that Hugh Freeze recruited being productive, scoring points, and they're starting to break out. I think everybody will be like, man, we hate that, but at least things are looking up right here. We got a shot every time we get on the field, even if we lose a game that we shouldn't have lost. You can't go out there and be bad on offense, scoring 10 points against a New Mexico and losing at home and expect to keep the goodwill of the fan base. It can't be bad on offense. That's what I'm saying. I will say it would need to be seven would be is reasonable, but I'm going to go for eight Mm. just because you had eight games within grass this year. Again, to your point, if you if you come out and you don't sleepwalk against New Mexico State or you look better prepared in your bowl game or you actually defend the fourth and 31 or don't fumble a punt, those things that kind of determine whether or not you win and lose game. That's eight wins right there in year one. It was yeah. in your grasp. So if you yeah. are actually taking a step forward as a team in year one, I mean, year two. There's no reason to expect a two-game improvement upon what you did, knowing that you actually had two two games that you squandered last year. Mm. So, obviously, different opponents this year. I, I mean, again, we're playing Oklahoma. They weren't on our schedule last year. So, it's, it's, it's a new challenges. But, again, there are going to be some teams that struggle. There are going to be some teams that you have better athletes again uh, against. I expect them to be better prepared. There are other things we're going to get into here, but I I expect a two-game improvement. B, you talked about improved QB play. Ike, have you had a chance to talk about what are some of the things that you want to see specifically that needs to improve to ensure that Auburn at least looks better in the win-loss column in year two? Offense, for sure, right? Like, there's a couple of things. We're we're going to start with the obvious one, which is the the passing game specifically, because even though I think that um, the run game could have been better this past season, I think that Auburn did well in run blocking. And I think that our running backs, again, it didn't feel like it, but Jarquez Hunter almost had a thousand yards last season, right? So the run game right. wasn't necessarily an issue for Auburn, could have been better, wasn't helped out a lot by the fact that we couldn't pass the ball. 
Right. Um, so the pass game specifically absolutely has to be better this year. If you don't have over 2,000 yards passing this season, burn it to the ground, figure something else out because whatever yeah. you're doing is not working. There's, yeah. there's no reason for four of the best wide receivers in this class being on your right. campus. You have a guy as talented as Jay Fair. You have one of the best tight ends, pass catching tight ends in the country in Rivaldo Fairweather all on the same football team, and you can't pass for 2,000 yards. It, it becomes sad at some point in time to think about the, the squandering of talent in this pass game right. if you're not capable right. of at least— And 2,000 is like in the basement of yeah. where you need to be. I'm saying if yeah, it ain't right. 2,000, we got to have some serious conversations. Mm-hmm. So— Give me give me two thousand plus yards and and figure it out, but um I think that the pass offense absolutely has to be better. The other portion that needs to get better for this team, I think, is going to be the run defense, specifically how that front seven is playing against the run, because you're going to potentially take a step back in your pass defense as far as your defensive back play. So you've got to be. We were not nearly as good as we needed to be in, in the trenches last year. I agree. I and agree. so this is why you have the defensive coordinator that you have in here. This is why it's important, you know, that they brought that continuity with a defensive line coach. You need to be able to have some better play on the interior, specifically on defense next season. And I think being more stout against the run and Lord, please let us be able to rush a passer this year and get some sort of pass rush. Like that yeah. needs to take forget number two. That's number two. <laughs> I said number two was run defense, and I, I I was I'm still in the trenches there. We need to be able to generate a pass rush. Please. Yeah. Pass game. Pass rush. Pass yeah. rush. Rush defense. Yeah. Pass pass the uh the the pass rush aside. Because we we do have incoming talent um, from high school um, who will fill out the depth there. Uh, interested to see how fast they come along. But my question, Ike, is you had some portal additions, but not a lot has changed right. with the front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose Marcus Harris, which you can make an argument that's a net loss. Uh, we don't know what the incoming guys will contribute. Uh, to this team in terms of depth or who takes a step forward. Right. That's what spring camp is for. Right. If that's an area of concern, given how we performed last year, how much hope do you have to see a vast improvement in year two? Um, I have a a decent amount of hope just because I, I, I believe in the defensive play caller and his ability to generate front sevens that are fierce. He's done it everywhere he's been. DJ Durkin has improved the front seven. Every spot that he stopped as defensive coordinator, I'm expecting the same thing to happen this year for Auburn. So um, I think we have more just natural pass rush talent this year. Right. Uh, I, I mean, right. just guys who are complete. Like Jalen McLeod was, was not there the entirety of the year. He's not He's the only right. speed rush He's guy here. that's going to be on this team this year. So yeah. because you have more talent in the ability to get pressure off of the edge – um, th- where I'm concerned is how stout you're going to be in the middle, right? To be able to like just hold what you got 
while those mm-hmm. guys on the outside do their thing because you're just essentially going to be having a situation where they're double teaming everybody on the outside uh, or chipping and all that kind of stuff. So I have confidence, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a work in progress for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Be will. Uh, you, you've talked about what you needed to see. You talked about uh, QB play, uh, passing the, play, the, the passing game. Anything else? I, I hate to sound like a terrible, awful, broken record about QB play. No, I mean, aside from that, aside from that, defensive backfield, it's not that I don't think we have the talent. I think we have the talent in the defensive backfield, and we have the talent at linebacker, but they've got to find it quickly. Because whatever we do at quarterback, we assume that we're going to have some leeway early because our, our softest part of our schedule is early on. So, yes, but is that going to be worked out by the fall? Well, if not, then we need something to be kind of worked out in that defensive backfield because we can't afford to go against a Cal team. And don't get me wrong, I don't think they have the talent to match up with us, but they didn't have the talent to match up with us last year. So that was a way tighter game than it should have been. You've got to pick a quarterback who you think can, who's got your highest ceiling, put him in there at front, let him struggle. So while he's struggling and figuring it out, the defense has got to hold it down. Our defense, for the, they did a good job early last year. They got banged up. Things got changed. McLeod didn't get in there till late, which again, I said we didn't have any pass rush. Can they find that combination of starting corners, starting safeties? We know Keontae Scott is likely going to be your star. That's lockdown. Okay, great. Who's lining up at linebacker? Is it going to be Asante and Keys? Um, you've got some highly, highly touted linebacker prospects. I've heard nothing but great things about are any of them going to be good enough to maybe break into the lineup? Maybe just depending on the the, the, the personnel. I would love to see those guys surprise us. I think they they need to get together by the end of the spring. The offense has gotten until maybe a, a couple of games into the fall, but the defensive backfield, we don't have a lot of uh, carryover as far as the coaching staff. We know Etheridge was back there. He's not back there anymore. Does Coach McGriff do something different? Does Charles Kelly decide, well, this is how I like this. I actually like that guy over there. They've got to figure that out quickly so that they can be our, I guess you could say our, our uh, um, our fallback. They, they've got to help us out while the offense figures it out because I'm completely okay with the offense struggling for the first month or so. If you pick the right guy, give them some room to figure it out. I need the defense to figure it out a little sooner. So I'm looking for that defensive backfield and linebacker core to step up quickly. You seem to be talking a lot from what you would expect here. Do you think the fan base agrees with this assessment that you have of we're okay with oh, the off- no. offense struggling no. the first couple of games no. for the long no, they're haul? Not. They're, they're not. They're not. But again, <clears throat> that, that was the issue with whether it was going to be uh, Robbie or Holden. Oh, well, this guy's coming in from Michigan State with all this experience. That experience didn't amount to anything on the field. So I think we need to fall out of love with here are the numbers where he came from. Here's what he has possibly done. Who can be great right now? You figure the fan base has enough experience with getting hype about somebody who's done something before. Like that doesn't really amount to much. In in a lot of places, it doesn't amount. I thought Graham Mertz would be the worst quarterback in the conference last year because he sucked at Wisconsin. He was good at Florida. They had a lot of problems. Graham Mertz was not the problem. Let's stop thinking about what somebody did before, what you remember of them. You put a player with a different coach, a different system, and you maximize that talent. Florida was able to do that with Graham Mertz. We were not able to do that with our quarterback. I would think that the fan base would go, I'm done counting chickens before they hatch. I want to see it on the field. And if that means it's going to be some growing pains, so be it. 
Uh, for me, I'll jump in real quick and give some of the things that I want to see improve the identity of the offense. Uh, I want to see that that takes shape and I want to see us better utilize our talent in year two. Uh, the best room we have, guys, on offense is a running back room. How are we going to utilize them while bringing along the talent in the wide receiver room? How does Hugh Freeze and, and staff handle that? It seems like it was weird seeing a coach who's known for throwing the ball basically employ a strong, like a running attack and completely abandon the pass, even when we needed to at times. Um, I'm curious to see what Hugh Freeze, Derek Nix, and the uh, rest of the coaching staff figures out in terms of how we're going to attack defenses in year two and actually be good at it. Uh, The management of the QB room. We got to better manage this QB room in year two. And Hugh Freeze, for for continuity's sake, that's your word, be will, and as well as for taking the step forward, it depends on how well you manage the room. We want to see whoever becomes QB1, it's because they actually are the best QB. They're showing in practice that they're the best QB. It'd be nice. The players are excited about this person as QB1, not because you need this QB to settle down, not because this QB is pressing. I'm promoting this guy because he gives us the best chance to win because he shows it day in and day out, whether it's in the film room or on the field. He gives us a chance to he gives us the best chance to win. The players respond to this guy, his leadership. This is our guy. I want that type of messaging around our starting QB in the QB room, as well as cohesiveness of of the coaching staff and players, because obviously the turnover for me was kind of an eye opener. Uh, We always have turnover with coaching staff, but some of the things that that came out from this past season, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, Ron Roberts, I want to see this coaching staff on the same page. Because if they're not on the same page, how can the players be on the same page? These are things that need to, to be improved going into year two. The Derek uh, Nix experiment needs to work. And I'm hoping that DJ Durkin is definitely a step forward on the defensive side of the ball with the coaches, the, the veteran coaches we have over there. I like, I, I, want, I want to see better. I think those things begin to come together. I think you begin to see a lot of buy-in and closeness with this team. These are some of the intangibles that I want to see improve so that we can get back to focusing on ball and winning games, man. I'm ready for us to win games. I don't want to hear about this, this side stuff that's going on that's, that's undermining our ability to compete at a high level on Saturdays. So if we get those things out of the way, I, I like our chances.